parents are coming home, where their kids are being uh, told at school that, you know, that they're uh, not the gender that they are. So little boys are coming home right here in Ontario, a lady with an eight-year-old. He came home uh, a couple of months ago and said, mommy, I'm not a boy, I'm a girl. She's horrified because, again, she didn't know anything about this. She goes, well, where did you hear that? And he said, oh, at school, my teacher. And so she says to our chapter leader, oh, you know, I should go in. we got to talk to the counselor. And I'm like, no, <laughs> don't go back to the school. Don't talk to the counselors. These are all activists that have found their way into the school system strategically for such a day as this. This has been in the plans for decades. Okay, so now the little guy is coming putting permanent marker on his eyes. And, and I'm going to get into, if you don't support your kids doing this, you know, the government will come in and take them away. So we have uh, the books here. We have about, uh, it's a 25-page example of a PDF that you can print off along with the notice of liability and go in and inform your city councillors or your teacher saying, I'm serving you. Don't you dare think of uh, talking about this in the classroom or talking to my kids. So give them the non-governmental flag and uh, special interest groups because it talks about the spaces being neutral. I'm always so pleased to introduce Tanya Gaw, the founder and leader of Action for Canada. Tanya was recently on tour in Ontario, New Brunswick, and Nova Scotia, and last week we listened to part one of the Tanya on Tour presentation filmed at Ingersoll, Ontario. Tonight, we're pleased to present part two, where Tanya will be providing a deeply disturbing look into what's going on in our education system. Be sure to watch to the very end of her presentation where she provides solutions and options to assist parents in protecting their children. I invite you to get comfortable and won't you please join me in watching Tanya on Tour, part two. Okay, so this is my political LGBTQ page. I've been at this since 2017. Like I said, in 2016, uh, Christy Clark had had 100 sex activists show up in July for a vote to include gender identity and gender expression into our human rights code. And if you look at that in Victoria on the legislature, she's out there with 100 very sad people, you know, who are having some serious issues and problems, and they knew but none of us knew. And they had to do it secretly, of course. And then in September, they, in about uh, six or seven or eight pilot schools, they put the Soji 123. They had it ready to go. And it's three homosexuals that created the, from the ARC Foundation, who created it. BC government paid them $100,000 to implement it. It is the win sex ed, but what it is, is the comprehensive sexual education. And if you haven't heard about this, the UN had mandated that all member nations implement it into their education system. So here it's called the Win Sex Ed, but the ARC Foundation has got SOGI123, and then uh, it's now in Alberta, and we had just found out in April that they're launching it in Saskatchewan in uh, September. And so we have served all of the right people, the notice of liability, including uh, Dustin Duncan. We're having conversations, and we want to see this turned around. The WHO is behind this. I call the UN and World Health, I'm sorry, it is, it's just a fact, pedophile central. Because their standards for sexuality education, I'll give you one example on our page, zero to four, you're to teach your kids the enjoyment and pleasure when touching one's own body, early childhood masturbation. These are pedophiles. <laughs> 
These are not people who should have any access to our kids. As Alex Newman said, the schools are on fire. Get your kids out of school. And instead, our parents who are working two jobs or something, single moms, are dropping their kids off with their little lunch bag saying, have a nice day, honey, and picking them up at the end, having no idea what's coming through. This section I'm going through, you can come instantly. If you know somebody that's going to want to hear some of this, you can share this video. I did it for our parents' webinar a couple of months ago. We've taken a break for summer. But we have a parents webinar that's every second Tuesday, and in between that is a pastor webinar every second Tuesday. Because Action for Canada in our chapters, it's all these pieces that are beautifully working together, and it's really coming to fruition. We're partnering up with pastors so that we can do something like this. So thank you, the pastors of these churches, because that's phenomenal. And then we're asking pastors to open the doors. Some of our pastors are actually starting schools in, in, in their um, churches, and they're finding ways to do this. They're helping with homeschool pods. And then as well, we're assisting pastors. We helped a lot of them keep their doors open during uh, the covid and to help them be on the front lines. I'm going to see one of the pastors in New Brunswick in the next couple of days. I go to New Brunswick tomorrow, and I'm super excited to meet Pastor Phil and, uh, you know, how our team went to bat for them there. And then our parent groups are going out on the front line, and they're meeting at the schools, and they're handing out these flyers and educating. Our parents' groups are going to all the school board meetings, and, you know, we're not, as uh, some the the, you know, the media were, is all of a sudden talking about all the things the Muslims are doing, but we've already been having this going throughout Canada for years. And, and so we're needing, it's great that all these other groups are coming up, but I want them to be strategic, I want them to have the right information, and I want them to go in, uh, you know, with the uh, resources and information, because you trust me, they're going to their lawyers. They're going to their lawyers about this because it is going to come down to liability. And we're doing impact statements in British Columbia, and there's a couple of areas because parents are coming home where their kids are being uh, told at school that, you know, that they're uh, not the gender that they are. So little boys are coming home right here in Ontario, a lady with an eight-year-old. He came home uh, a couple of months ago and said, Mommy, I'm not a boy, I'm a girl. She's horrified because, again, she didn't know anything about this. She goes, well, where did you hear that? And he said, oh, at school, my teacher. And so she says to our chapter leader, oh, you know, I should go in. we got to talk to the counselor. And I'm like, no, <laughs> don't go back to the school. Don't talk to the counselors. These are all activists that have found their way into the school system strategically for such a day as this. This has been in the plans for decades. Okay, so now the little guy is coming putting permanent marker on his eyes. And, and I'm going to get into, if you don't support your kids doing this, you know, the government will come in and take them away. So we have uh, the books here. We have about, uh, it's a 25-page example of a PDF that you can print off along with the notice of liability and go in and inform your city councillors or your teacher saying, I'm serving you. Don't you dare think of uh, talking about this in the classroom or talking to my kids. So give them the non-governmental flag and uh, special interest groups because it talks about the spaces being neutral. Take these packages, put them together, and be right on the front line in September. In June, our Surrey chapter leader served the notice of liability to to 190 principals with her team. Okay, so now can you imagine, they're all probably talking to their lawyers, oh, it's fine, it's just a notice of liability, but this is the start. And this is the pressure, like we did back in the, in the other campaign that I told you about, the NOL. I wrote this book, uh, sorry, this uh, back in 2018 and launched it. It's a, a great informational video there. Uh, the 
creator of the pride flag said that's what prides are, uh, flags are for. Flags are about proclaiming power. That visibility is key to our access and to our justice. The creator of the pride flag, you should hear the trans guy. I mean, he was a sexual deviant. I've got that information in the non-governmental uh, pride letter. Go and look at who these individuals are, and then you ask these elected officials, how can you support these sexual deviants, okay, who, who, who get off on castrating children? It literally says that type of thing in the information that I've given you in the other letter. Now, there was a czar at the UN, and uh, Victor... They all have such interesting names, Muntaborn, born, and uh, so we had a five-point plan for all member nations, decriminalize sodomy. Okay, what did Justin Trudeau do as soon as he came into office? He reduced the age of anal sex from 18 to 16. Prevent mental health professionals from treating homosexuality. That's going to be Bill C-4, I'll show you in a minute. Ensure legal documents reflect individuals' subjective gender identity. Anybody can just self-identify as somebody else now. Uh, there was a guy in, uh, got to give him credit, in Alberta, heterosexual man. Anyways, uh, he decided to identify as a woman because he wanted cheaper car insurance. <laughs> That's a true story. Need a little bit of light. <laughs> <laughs> it's a true story. That was a few years ago, pre-COVID. Okay, so I'm going to be bringing into some pretty lows here, but I promise you I'll keep bringing you to a little bit of a high. Okay, impose social acceptance of homosexuality, including by challenging religions. They're infiltrating the church and indoctrinating children and society through propaganda at all levels. Five-point plan, already all achieved, and we got some work to do. But here's the high note. Okay, so on this page as well, I give you a lot of great information on the political LGBTQ page. Sorry, it keeps popping to the wrong one. And uh, this, I'm going to say, sorry, this is Sarah, and I had her on my show a few months ago. Uh, this is an important one. This is another thing that you need to identify in the schools, is they, the NGOs, these radical uh, activists within the school, are in just inviting trans people in to give their testimony to kids. And, and so this 14-year-old was really struggling for some very specific reasons. And he, this trans person had, uh, was saying, if you're uncomfortable in your body, then you're most likely gender dysphoric. And of course, Sarah was really struggling. It's a reckless thing to say to any girl going through puberty or young man. Reckless, senseless. So she thought, that is what my problem is. And so she was in a Christian home, and she decided to start transitioning. She went to a gender dysphoric uh, clinic doctor, and within 45 minutes, without any proper mental assessments, he put her on puberty blockers. This is the same testimony we're hearing nationwide from kids who are going through this, straight onto puberty blockers. They also put her on antidepressants to dumb her down. This is a massive social contagion in 2018, a 4,500% in increase in kids who now identify as the opposite sex, girls who are identifying as the opposite sex. Boys as well, but the, the, the height, remember I said the attack is against women and the reproductive and creation? The major attack is against women. So Sarah, several years later, she, by the BC government, Ontario government, name who it is, paid for her surgery to have her breasts removed. They mutilated her body. Guess who paid for that? You guys did. And if you don't like mutilating children's bodies, then you need to get in line with us and speak up. Okay. And then she didn't want, she was questioning whether she wanted the surgery, but she said, well, you better make up your mind. Otherwise, we're going to give it to somebody else. 
So she gave testimony that she wasn't even sure she wanted to do it. She was doubting it. And no sooner did she do it, and they offered her bottom surgery. And she declined, thank God. So then when she was 20, she was realizing something wasn't right. She went off the antidepressants because she realized she needed to feel this at a deeper level. And then in January of 2022, the pastors ended up preaching across Canada. There was a call to preach a, a, a biblical sexuality Sunday. In the little town of Gibson on the island, Sarah was sitting there with a beard next to her dad and her mom. And the pastor said, homosexuality and transgenderism are an abomination of the Lord. And something shifted in her, and finally, she knew. And so she has been on this journey. This is an amazing uh, Empower Hour testimony. More people need to see it. You hear about Chloe down in the United States going before the Senate and stuff. I mean, this is coming undone. In the UK, we have a 1,000 parents against Tavistock, who is a gender dysphoric doing the mutilation and the uh, uh, drugs, sterilizing the kids. 1,000 parents are now suing. This is coming undone massively, and I just thank God for that. So, again, lots of good information and statistics on this page, but scroll down to the good news page, because then you'll come to this. And so the UK was ahead of us in all this nonsense in the schools, and then Obama brought it into uh, America, and it's undoing there, and then several years later, Trudeau got elected, and he's been fast-tracking this. Obama was fast-tracking it, all of this uh, deviancy into the schools and, and sexualizing children. But now 26 states, they're not all named here because I don't have time to keep up with it, 26 states are passing legislation against the SOGI in the schools, against the mutilation medical mutilation of children. They're passing it also against the drag queens. And it's a major battle. And so I have met with people from Indiana. I've met from people with Texas. Um, Audrey from Texas is going to come on the Empower Hour and give a history to how all of this came in. It, it's fascinating in this one sense. The people in Indiana is where Kinsey, uh, he was a horrible pedophile that a lot of people, it was the beginning of the sexual revolution. He was involved with Margaret Singer and a whole bunch of horrible other people. He, he contracted pedophiles to sexually abuse children for his research. So his research is set up in the university and, and they got them defunded this year. Massive amount, massive. Okay. So this is that high that I wanted to bring you to again, because what do you think got all of these states to that position? They started electing people that were going to be willing to make these changes and fight for them, but plus citizens showed up. You all have gifts in here. It might be greeter. Do you know how important it is for somebody to be greeting people if they're coming into a meeting like this? Do you feel that? Somebody to shake your hand, acknowledge you? What about that person with the tech or the finance support, you know, to do the books? You can all be involved in some way. You can get the teams together that are going to go outside the schools. You could commit. You could work all day or you could be retired and you say, I'm going to go and I'm going to commit to attend every single school board meeting. I'm going to commit to attending every city council meeting. Your presence there is phenomenal to them, an anomaly, because they're not used to anybody showing up. So they're passing all of this right under your noses because we're not there paying attention. And now that they are, they're trying to block us, and they're trying to get us you know, out of these meetings. I've been uh, banned in mission. It's illegal what they've done, 
But in March, I ended up finally getting a delegation. And uh, so with the books that I was telling you about, with that list, so we end up, uh, I won't even go into the books because they're so nasty, I'm not going to go through them. But Perfectly Normal was at the top, pornographic. Then uh, they had, uh, the gal that was with me, our chapter leader, was reading the delegation, and they gave me the option to share a screen. So inside, I'm going like, wow, right? This is pretty phenomenal. But we'd had some interaction with them because they're not allowing anybody to show the books. And so I happened to do that. They tried to stop me, and it's perfectly normal. Uh, this was just a verbal, not a visual. Uh, Tanya, you need to shut that down. I'm like, why? Our delegation was regarding uh, learning resources and books. And as I was getting this trouble, I was quickly scooting down to the really nasty stuff with genderqueer and um, new home. And if you haven't seen these things, I don't encourage you to do it, but your kids, our kids, are exposed to this in the schools. It is literally so pornographic. And so anyways, we, that was a Tuesday, and on Friday we had a meeting with the school board superintendent. It happened to be just the way it was. And so they ended up stopping my share screen, and they never posted that. They are supposed to post those videos, and they didn't. Then we're sitting down with the superintendent. He showed up with his LGBTQ socks on and his little bits of paraphernalia, just making a point. And he, we had a, an hour booked, but he spent an hour and a half with us. So I thought that I was making some way with him, and you know what? We shook hands and on good terms. A week later, two weeks later, I'm going to Kelowna to deal with this other situation I'll tell you about. And they end up doing the agenda for February, and on the agenda 6.5 is to ban Action for Canada individuals and organizations, you know, for, for um, upsetting people. They, they use different language, the threats, etc. And so I'm like, holy smokes, well, I had to be in Kelowna, so I couldn't go there. And unanimous, they, they said to ban action for Canada. So I happen to know there's a bunch of nasty stuff going on in that school. When we showed up at the superintendent's office, it was a God thing. We had a newspaper in our hand with a mom who was suing the school board in January. She had just come out with it because her nine-year-old boy had been sexualized by, abused by nine, uh, five other nine-year-old boys in the class. How does that work? Some of these boys were repeat offenders. They never called the mom. They never got him medical attention. So I put it on the table and I said, I guess you're familiar with this. And he said, well, yeah, that's why you're in today. And I'm like, did I just hear him admit that? And so I recorded the conversation and everything in it. And I still have to deal with this matter. I'm going so fast I can't, you know, go back on, on this ban. But I know nasty stuff is going on there and I know they're hiding it. And they don't want us present because we're a danger to exposing it. But I met, met a mental health um, person that works in that, uh, that school district. They were called in. They were a Christian organization to partner with the government mental health organization because the grade three or four and four-year-olds in that district are, um, are facing uh, critical mental health problems. And they're targeting them and no longer just saying, suggesting you can be more than one gender or not. They're telling them they're born in the wrong body. That's the reports that I'm getting firsthand. So uh, the good news reports are, as I say, there's more coming now for Canada. We, we've got a bit of a crack here in, in, in Canada happening. And so I just want to read two verses. Uh, Romans 1, 26, 27, it says, For this reason God gave them over to vile passions. Even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. And likewise, the men uh, leaving the natural use of women burned in their lust for one another, men committing what was shameful. 
I want you to remember the word shameful, and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. Shameful is very important here. There is a massive uh, problem with pornography throughout society. They are allowing all of these pornographic books from these sexual deviants, pornography in our schools, to get our kids addicted to pornography. Because they feel shame. And when somebody feels shame, they don't stand up. They're not as strong. I've talked about the men in our society. And, uh, and you know, for uh, 45 Goals of Communism, and the whole thing was for the state to get control of our children by telling women that they're not worth much if they don't have a career and a job instead of being in the home. And to emasculate men. Look at the silly sitcoms on show that men, make men look stupid. I can tell you my dad wasn't stupid. My dad was a very intelligent man. And he said, Tan, you can do whatever you, you can. I mean, I do crown molding. I change toilets, flooring, roofing, right? Because my dad, I was with him and doing that. And I admired my dad and he was strong. No, seriously, I can do those things. <laughs> but you know what I mean? That's what a good dad is doing. And he's there as protector, provider, and all the rest of it. Men don't know their role right now. But men, you are the warriors. And everywhere I'm going, I'm calling on you to rise up as warriors. Nobody can change your DNA. God created you as warriors. I am the meeker sex. God created me that way. And it's been hard to embrace all of this. But I'm telling you, this is what a woman is. And I'm proud of being a woman. I'm proud that I wanted to raise children and be part of my community and helping my neighbors. God instilled that inside of me. But men, he created you to be protectors. And right now, when kids are going to school, they're playing Russian roulette. You don't know what child is going to be susceptible to this agenda. So shame is a big part of this. First Corinthians, or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. And so it says the sexually immoral, idolaters, adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, greedy, drunkards, slanderers, etc. What I wanted to do with this verse is we can all turn around and say, yeah, you know, the homosexuals are so bad. They're so deviant, sexual deviants. But what about the adulterers? All right. What about the fornicators? Those are who just moving in with everybody and having sex outside of marriage. That's not God's perfect design. And the other reason I'm bringing this up is because societies thrive when the family is strong. They thrive financially when the family is strong. Our kids thrive. My mom and dad, my dad passed away a long time ago. And boy, do I miss him because I sure needed him for some of the trials I went through. But God had other things in mind. But my mom and dad had some rough patches. <laughs> I'm just going to come out and say it. I was worried as a little girl at times. But you know what? They stuck it through. And that's the marriages that get to 50, 60 years. You know, unless there's adultery in the marriage, and somebody, God does give grace for those reasons. If there's horrible physical abuse, God does not want, you are not a punching bag. All right? But for the majority of it, we got a fast food world, credit card world that says you it's all about you it's become a very look what happened in the last three and a half years have you ever seen such inhumane treatment this is the breakdown of society people have strayed for what god's best is and 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 it, it you know it's just a hurting country right now
And we want to get to our knees and repent because Chronicles says that God will heal our land if we're sincere. And I want God to heal our land. Okay, just real quick, if you don't know Justin Trudeau and all of his ties to all of this, this was years ago. He showed up at this pride parade, and I can't play the video, but you can go to the site and see it, and he was either drunk or stoned out of his mind. There's absolutely no question. He slurred his word words. You could see his eyes, and I actually sent it to some RCMP contacts, and I said, he is a threat to this nation. What kind of leader of this? How is he acting in other nations? How can he be trusted with Canada's secrets? All right? And then frolicking in the streets. I mean, this is very serious. I'm not going to scroll down on this page. In my 2018 report I showed you, I put this little collage together. And now what you don't maybe know about me is purity and innocence was so important to me growing up in my life and did And so I had to come in and, you know, do some blacking out and stuff like that because I couldn't put these images on the website. But I created this collage of um, what our governments do. I will go down just a little bit. Here's Trudeau. I mean, have you ever seen an official like that and some of the rest of it? So a lot of you are horrified by why what you saw in the Toronto Pride parades and the nudity, it's been going on for years. And it is criminal. We need thousands of people to show up at the police station and say, we're not leaving here until you get the cameras out and you identify those people and you arrest them. We got to demand it. Back then, I was calling the police and saying, what are you doing? Here's the criminal code right here. These parents should be arrested. Because if you look at the criminal code, you'll say, oh, it's corrupting the morals of a child. Are you aware that's only within the home? There's not one part of the criminal code that I can find that's corrupting the morals of a child that, you know, it identifies these parents. This is not okay. These are sexual deviants. These are pedophiles that are showing up and doing this. This is a good news report. Hear me out. 1.5 million in federal funding to support pride festivals responding to rising anti-2SLGBTQ alphabet soup hate. Okay? And this is good news. Why? Because of the rising... It's not hate. They want to call it hate. We oppose the sexual deviancy. Go you know, oh, sorry, but a lot of people are saying, I just want them to go back in their closet, right? And that's really hard on the gay and lesbians who only wanted a platform to be able to go and have a job where they wanted to. And you know what? Pierre Elliott Trudeau was at least on that, uh, right on that, right? We don't want to hear, you know, it's not our business what you do in your bedrooms. But now they want everybody knowing what they're doing in their bedrooms. That makes me sick to my stomach. And so they've had to pump in 1.5 million of your dollars to keep the hoorah up for the LGBTQ because they've had years of it. It is a sinking ship. This is a sign of a sinking ship because Canadians en masse, they've gone too far. And uh, so you know what? Some people could read like that and say, oh, it's 1.5 million dollars of what? Hundreds of millions of Canadian dollars are be being given to LGBTQ NGO groups. This is a money-making business. And then they transfer all of these kids over to Big Pharma, where it becomes a billion-dollar business. Because these kids end up being mutilated and then on these drugs for life. And there is, don't listen to them saying, you know, better to have, if you got a daughter, better to have a live son than a dead daughter. That is what, the, we got it on recording. That is what they're telling people, parents who have no idea about the history of what's going on here. This is why I'm spending extra time to you. And I know very patiently you guys are listening, but I can't do this in five minutes. 
This is important information for you to understand what they're doing to our kids. And, you know, Trudeau, think what you may. He doesn't have a money tree sitting out back for Canada, right? We don't have hundreds of millions of dollars to do this. This is debt that's going on to our future generations. We can't sustain this. It's not sustainable. I just went over what this was in Soji. Okay, this is what, uh, remember I said, have a nice day, honey. Mommy has got the little bag of lunch ready and the kids are dropping off at school. She's late for work. And, and, and this is what they're doing. I don't think the sound won't show up for you. I'll just start here. Beginning of June, I was seeing schools doing this everywhere. Party, they're handing the kids the flags at the door. And then you've got all of your radical uh, LGBTQ activists in there. Look at that kid. Absolutely helpless to what is going on around him. And then you've got the uh, drag queen clowns showing up at the schools, right? The kids, woo, you know, they got then milk and cookies and the songs. And we've seen, we don't know what drag queen is going to come in and behave inappropriately, but this is messing with our kids' heads. You can't be a man and dress in, a, in, in women's clothing. I say no. I am not going to be convinced to say this is normal and that this is okay. Our kids are getting confused. They don't understand. They just don't understand, right? And, and it's a very wicked agenda. Okay, I was talking about the history. Audrey's going to be coming on. I mentioned Christopher Rufo, R-U-F-O, in the States. And he's written this awesome uh, article in the City Journal. And I'm only going to just briefly say this paragraph. So they want to change appraised sex acts according to, so modern Western societies appraised sex acts according to a hierarchical system of sexual value, Rubin wrote. Marital reproductive heterosexuals are alone at the top and of this pyramid and then clamoring below are unmarried monogamous heterosexuals in couples followed by other heterosexuals stable long-term lesbian and gay male couples are verging on respectability and then it goes down to the rest of it and to the very worst of the worst transsexuals transvestite fetishists sadomasochists etc and then it goes on in this report to say right back here in the 70s so Rubin a lesbian writer and activist had immersed herself in the subcultures of leather bondage orgies I'm not even going to say the rest of it so disgusting this is the person who is also behind all of this that wants to change the hierarchy and put the sadomasochists and these deviants at the top and you can see throughout society how they're accomplishing that but now finally thank God people are stepping up but our thing with working with pastors and stuff and having the meetings is they've also got to be talking about this to their congregations. Have a separate private meeting where the kids are all, you know, not invited to come. Okay, this is, this is adult information. And, you know, I've got these videos on that LGBTQ page where the pastors could be playing this for the church. I'm making it easy as possible for our chapter leaders nationwide because they're like, oh, we can't do this, Tanya. Instead, you don't have to. Just Get a chapter leader meeting going and get a, a screen up and play one of my videos. And, and then you can have all of the information, have the handouts there. Talk about the C40 cities. Talk about whatever subject. This is how we want to mobilize Canadians nationwide. And it's just amazing to see how everything is unfolding. This is just evidence of, you know, the two LGBT students, and they're always talking about making safe spaces. It's incredible. You know what? Prior to all of this, there were zero trans kids in school. Zero. 
and almost zero LGBTQ. There was a handful of those kids, but generally you have kids that have been traumatized or sexually abused, and now the government doesn't want you getting to the bottom of that. And so these kids, so we've got adults with all of these inner turmoils, I believe myself, you know, that are taking their problems and pushing them onto the kids around them, trying to make themselves feel better about the mental anguish that they're going through, about the shame that they're holding, and other things about the lifestyles that they're involved in. And these are adult sexual proclivities. You need to deal with that yourself. Don't be pushing it on our children again. This is about the mission mom I told you about. This one is a father uh, in uh, Crescent Beach in Surrey. His 11-year-old went to school and two trans activists showed up. He had no idea about it. His daughter was obviously very concerned. 11 years old. We had a kindergartner, a teacher thought she'd, you know, activist, you know, make a big statement about drag queens or something and had a recording or video. The school is on fire. BC workshop for 14-year-olds on how to access transgender surgeries. All right, now this is where I'm going to just uh, tell you a brief story. Uh, this individual is drag queen Frida Wales, and this is, again, educating you on how to deal with these drag queens. What you need to do is these are adult sexual performers that perform in clubs. Very, very deviant uh, sexual acts that they commit in there. Quite proudly, they do that. They are lost in that world of darkness, and those videos go up on the internet. So in this situation, Lowry is one of my wonderful chapter leaders in Kelowna, and she said, Tanya, this Frida Wales is coming to the local library. I want to set, get a letter together, you know, to the mayor and council and put a stop to this. I said, let's, you know, we all decided to start researching, and as it turns out, if you go down a little bit, it, uh, let's say, the, who is the man behind the drag queen? Usually you will find disgusting acts on stage. Download those. Because once they, we start exposing it, they don't want all of a sudden people seeing it. So Frida Wells, a.k.a. Tyson Cook, or the other way around, created these videos of him murdering people and then uh, dismembering them and then putting them through a grinder and eating them and feeding them to his little potbelly pig. Who knows about the Picton farmer in B.C.? Okay, he's a mass serial killer feeding women to his pig. And so now he's invited to family-friendly events throughout Kelowna. He is also an EA at the Kelowna School District. He also works for Autism BC. We think that that's problematic. So we thought that we would create a petition which has 18,000, over 18,000 signatures on it, and every time our petitions are signed through Citizen Go, I love Citizen Go, they end up being emailed to whoever's on our list. So it emailed to the mayor and city council, to Superintendent Kevin Cardell, who I told you about earlier, who was on the front line trying to get his staff jobbed, and uh, they came back and they did nothing about it. So 18,000 signatures and it didn't move them. And... So this was pretty upsetting, but then you also go down to his social media, and I'm always have to show this one. That's Bonnie Henry, our, our okay, health officer in British Columbia. What is, what is she doing hanging out with an individual like this? How far deep does this all go throughout our government of these people having each other's backs and doing this? So I've got this information on the website, and I've been told, you know, that I need to take this down. And so I also have a, a message with Kevin Cardell on the website because back uh, starting on Good Friday, we had a prayer walk for revival across Canada from Pentecost to Passover. 
And so we said we wanted all our teams to go out and all members that wanted to join to uh, city halls, libraries, down pride walks if they wanted to, uh, school trustee offices, off, you know. And so they started going out and praying and we got this wonderful collage of videos and it's, it's amazing to see everybody praying across the nation and I believe God's doing wonderful, amazing things. I see in New Brunswick, we'll talk about it in a second. And so what happened is, is that they first did the uh, prayer walk, like the walk of Jericho and the, the walls come down after seven times. And uh, Kevin Cardell heard about it because there's this, this individual who's at through the gates. And uh, anyways, he's a, he's with Advocacy Canada or something. And he's a LGBTQ activist. And so he has to report everything, I guess, first line to Kevin Cardell. There's a security guard there. Kevin shows up. Somebody drives by and sees him, but our team was on the other side. They come walking around. They finish their prayer. Security guard educated him. He has kids, and he was concerned. Good stuff. A couple days later, I find out that a chunk of the building comes down. Yes. No word of a lie. This gets better. <laughs> and yeah, praise the Lord. And, and so anyways, I asked my team, can you find out if anybody got hurt and where it was at? Well, they go to do the research and they call the city. It was two stories up. It's almost a brand new building. Two stories up outside of Kevin Cardell's office. <laughs> so... I think, wow, like, don't you guys feel it, right? I think Canadians, you know, we've got a really big uh, email list. I want them to know the power of prayer. And so I just merely said, God is on the movies answering prayer. I mentioned what happened, you know, in that, uh, with Kevin Cardall outside his office. And then I said the verse in the Bible that says, better to wrap a millstone around your neck and cast yourself in the sea than harm a child. And, and so sent it off to the masses. And uh, so anyways, two weeks later, I get a letter in the mail from their lawyers. Yeah, telling me that I needed to take this down. I was making defamatory and libelous statements and that I was condoning uh, um, vandalism and that I was uh, citing threats against the school council. And I'm like, prove it where, <laughs> what, you know, none of the above. And uh, so anyways, I sent it to Rocco and he wrote a, a swift uh, letter that was absolutely awesome. I might make it public. <laughs> but anyways, you know, this is the kind of thing. They got nothing on their side. Then I was tried, uh, somebody tried to convince me from the board to take these down, saying they're completely lawyered up and ready to come after me. I'm like, go, go ahead. Like, I haven't done anything wrong. They're public officials. People have, you know, a right to know what is going on in their school districts. And if I'm wrong, I've only merely asked that they reassess his, assess, uh, reassess his uh, qualifications for being there. And uh, so he remains, uh, as far as I know. And I just want to make sure you know, like drag queens, if you go down and you see the list, I mean, there's a list of uh, predatory behavior, sexual abuse of children. And so this becomes really problematic when you look on the scale of risk that a school board is willing to take. And um, so, you know, that's it. And so I, I'm going to go through a quick, this next part will go fairly quick. So a million photos found, you might have heard about eight arrested, something like a 200% increase on child exploitation in Alberta. And the Kelowna RCMP, who I was just talking about, had to get a new crimes unit together because of child exploitation and child pornography in Kelowna. Hmm. So I decide in May to go over there and have a conversation with this individual. And I bring John Euler, who is a certified sexual uh, offender, like he works for treatment offender. He's worked for 4,000, over 4,000 sexual offenders in the worst prisons and whatever in the United States. 
the officer was very impressed with his credentials and said, I could use someone like this. So he talks for 10 minutes. I talk about my concerns. I say what's going on with the SOGI and give a bit of information. We have a case number. And this officer, the head of this division, decides to close the case. I went to the RCMP in Chilliwack after we've exhausted things there. Back in February, when I was saying that I was there, a lot of things were going on. I had a case number with them because after trying everything I could with the Chilliwack School Board, there's two wonderful people on there, but the rest, holy smokes, it's really scary what's going on in some of these school boards. And they gave me a case number. I told them about the books, identical, which describes the intricate rape of a seven-year-old girl by her father while the twin is watching and uh, that she liked it, and I talked to two psychologists, and they said, absolutely, this is pornographic. So I do this on a Friday. I file the claim. I go to Kelowna on the Wednesday afternoon. The officer calls me and says, our department, uh, criminal department in, in uh, Chilliwack has determined that these none of these books are pornographic under the criminal code. I said, God have mercy on Canada. But not the only stop there, all of a sudden, Action for Canada, this is all on the 5 o'clock news. So I said to him, this is political. I never went public with this. I wanted to see where you at. You chose. This was a leak. You need to check your department. A month later, they asked to sit down with me. And for, I think it was two and a half hours with a commanding officer from that division. And once I talked about the furries and, and the rest of it, he says, oh, I retire in a year and a half and I'm going to go, uh, you know, move to the bush. Well, how about you do something courageous before you move to the bush, because you guys have this authority and our kids are being sexualized on your watch. This is where I say, where are the men in these positions that God has given them? And Commissioner McDonald, I keep calling you out because you are a godly man and God has given you this position for such a time to save and protect our children and, and um, others. Anyways, this was just a few links to now. Okay, so sex ed, you all know that Kathleen Wynne uh, was a huge LGBTQ activist. She was married and had three children, had a lesbian love affair, moved that individual reportedly into her house, and her husband went and lived in the basement, and that's what they called a family. And then when she became uh, premier and over the education, she hired this individual, Deputy Minister of Education Benjamin Levin, who ended up being arrested and imprisoned for being a sexual uh, predator. He was uh, coaching women online, and I can't even to go into detail about what he was telling them to do to his daughters, uh, to their daughters to get them uh, prepared for adult sexuality. All right? He's already out of prison. I don't know how this happens, but this is who's behind the wind sex ed. Do you really want our kids going into school when the individuals behind this have done these kind of criminal acts? Who knows what else is going on and what they've done? OPP, this is from November, rise, uh, uh, child exploitation on the rise after 107 arrests. Okay, so I'm telling you about BC, I'm showing you it's in Alberta, Saskatchewan, and uh, here in Ontario. And so then, uh, back in 2017, it's in the 2018 report, Ontario passes totalitarian bill allowing government to take kids from Christian homes. In the SOGI and WIND sex ed, I can say for SOGI, but I gotta imagine it's the same because it's all the comprehensive sexual education. Kindergarten to grade three, the teacher's resource, 
In BC, it's all curriculum. I'm sorry, resource. Here, it's curriculum. So our trustees have the power to remove resources. And I'm letting them know that because it's it's not a curriculum. And they have the power to do that. So especially, they're going to be held personally liable because they have that power. And so... Kindergarten to grade three, they start ask, off asking these little kids, how do you feel today? And you know little kids, right? Like, well, you know, I feel good. These are five, six-year-olds, four, whatever. And they, somebody might say, well, I'm really sad. You know, my frog died. These are the emotions of the kids. They're going to say if they're sad or happy and, you know, limited on how they can inform. All right, so then next week, they then ask the kids, how do you feel different today on the inside than you do on the outside? Some of the activists will put up a chart at the, at the front with a princess on one side and a prince on the other, and the kids are asked to go up and identify where, you know, they feel they best suit. So you got that little tomboy girl going in and maybe three-quarters of the way to Prince Charming because she loves climbing trees, and all of a sudden you've got an activist that may pay special attention to that child. Then they're talking about gender is fluid. Okay, so then a little later on, then they're instructed to teach the kids and ask them, how do you feel different? What if your friend, how would your friend feel if you didn't support how they felt different on the inside than the outside? Okay, that's that advocacy growing in this little cult. Then they ask, how would your friend feel if their parents didn't support how they felt on the outside that's different or on, uh, different from the inside? That's the beginning of parent interference. And as the kids get older and go into these gay-straight alliance clubs, the parents are eventually pushed right out because this cult has them under their wing. This is indoctrination and grooming. All right, so then you get to that point, and your child comes home, and now you, whether Christian or non-Christian, okay, so you're a danger now to your child if you don't support this new identity this self-identity that they were indoctrinated into believing. This is very problematic. The school is on fire, and we're sending our kids there every day, but it gets worse. And so years ago, pre-COVID, they were having Bill C-6, the conversion therapy bill, to ban conversion therapy. But the thing is, conversion therapy has not been in Canada for decades, 60 years or something. And it was way back when, when especially men were struggling with homosexuality and they didn't want to, especially because it was so, well, not accepted, and they would go to treatment. And it would be, uh, you know, electric shock treatment, castration, drugs. Does that sound familiar? So they want to ban conversion therapy in Canada because they wanted to go on the emotions of everybody that was going to vote this bill. So it, can, it ended up whenever uh, there's a re-election, that bill dies, and they resurrected it as Bill C-4. They quickly got it you know, through the House and then quickly through the Senate, that center of sober second thought. So now what Bill C-4 is banning is conversion therapy. And as I say, what are they doing to our children? They are mutilating their bodies. Do you know what happens when they cut a boy's penis off? They say they create an inverted vagina, and it, has to, it is torturous what they are putting these people through. To give a girl a penis, they mutilate her arm and take a tendon out. That arm is mutilated for life for something that doesn't work. This is mutilation, and it's against the law in Canada under the criminal code to mutilate anybody. But this is love is love, right? Um, in Nova Scotia, uh, they've come out with this pink book, Purchase 
oh, beyond the base, or um, yeah, for sexual health rights. Okay, well, who is behind this? Uh, Action Canada, I had no idea who they are, but it is Planned Parenthood Canada. All right, always do the digging. What does it say in here? One of the main objectives, creating a sex-positive, anti-oppressive learning environment. You know what the anti-oppressive means? It is oppressive not to allow a child to decide who they're going to have sex with. Because they want that child having sex with adults. And they think it's oppressive not to allow them to. All right, so this was Saskatchewan, I told you about in April. So we were going after them, but then again, these Planned Parenthood sex cards were given to uh, grade niners, and they said, oh, you know, we don't have the, know those got in the bag and how these kids got them. Well, some of them were handed them. But the Planned Parenthood, this is not the first time, so I instantly looked it up. It's not an isolated incident, and I showed in BC there were several times. And so these sex cards are absolutely so disgusting. I, I won't discuss them and I won't show them are on this page, but they are so vile. So they said, oh, you know, it's for the LGBTQ community. I'm sitting there horrified because no child should see these cards. No child sees see this information. So we got a petition going right away to ban Planned Parenthood and uh, to ban SOGI123. And we've got teams that are continuing to work on this. And in fact, I love Lee Harding. I always am promoting him. He's an awesome reporter. He works for the Epic Times and Epoch Times and Western Standard. And he went, Action for Canada launches full court press on Saskatchewan education policy. So if you go down here, he made sure that he put everything in the report, but he promoted Action for Canada in this report, said how we're creating chapters. We got four chapters out of this news report. Yeah. But I want to tell you my sadness. We've got two really well-known independent reporters as well, um, uh, organizations, who will not report on Action for Canada. Independent. I've sent one of them all of our information on our SOGI notices of liability, on all the actions we're doing, and about the chapters. Can you imagine if these independent reporters, I said, this is the art of war. We're going to be in every town and community, wherever there's a township or a city council or a school board. Why won't they support this? We've had people reaching out to them and saying, why wouldn't you report on what we're doing? Somebody else created a petition, and this other uh, reporting organization right away promoted their petition. We've been at this work for months. It is shocking what is sometimes going on. And I found out that two of them are funded by the Conservative Party. And they don't like what Action for Canada is reporting on on all of this. Shame. Shame. Yeah. Yeah, because we know what the Conservative Party is doing, right? They've got a lesbian minister, and uh, Pierre Polliver wouldn't speak out on anything that was, uh, you know, going on on any of these things for his reasons. Okay, so down in the States, one in four kids now recognize or identify as LGBTQ, but this one is in Saskatchewan, even before SOGI is in there. 32% uh, of kids in some of the classes they went to are, are uh, identifying as LGBTQ. This is already all in every province. My daughter in grade eight, she said, okay, in the gymnasium team building, these LGBTQ groups are the ones that are in there. Why aren't we in there doing the team building? So they tell, it's a big school and all the kids needed to line up. And then they told the boys and girls, they're all laying beside each other and then said, roll over each other. My daughter came home traumatized. 
I went in immediately into the principal's office and I said a few things. And I said, what, who's responsible for this? We have to be actively involved because they sure are. The good news, I'm going to bring you up again. This policy, 713, was apparently, I, I just learned all about it as well in 2020, and uh, they decided that they were going to amend it, and it passed, democracy voted, and democracy ruled, and they passed the amendments so that the uh, changes now forbids teachers and staff from using the chosen name or pronoun of a child under 16 without parental consent. And I give a big shout out. This is, the, this, is, this is the beginning, as far as I'm concerned, in Canada. There's a few other things that I won't mention, but we're hard at work. But just think of 100,000 more Canadians. It is 0.001% of the population that got this going. Busy. They don't sleep. I don't know. We're, we're the majority. Okay, we can turn this around. So instantly I did a call to action with my massive email list because I thought they were getting attacked from Trudeau, from the unions, and of course from the LGBTQ radicals who should have had no voice in this. Uh, I'm just wondering to see. No, it's not there. The woman, that, the radical activist, I'm like, why does she have any say? You go to her Facebook or social media, it said pet mom. Pet mom. She doesn't even have any skin in the game right? Except for probably her own unresolved issues that she's trying to make everybody else's problem. And again, we got into the news. CBC contacted me because hundreds of people responded. It is important when you get our emails to take the five minutes. I have a letter there for you. I have all the emails ready for you. All you have to do is take five or 10 minutes, copy and paste, and your work is done. But it had an effect that multiple mainstream media were asking to, and they actually quoted me, and uh, the founder of Action for Canada, which has been flooding New Brunswick MLAs with emails, okay, said these decisions will affect the rest of the country and that we're paying attention to this. But then this reporter also decided to have this individual, and what did he do? He victimized her, her, him, her. Um, and and so, so this person said her home is in New Brunswick, but, uh, you know, she hasn't been there for years and she wanted to move home, but she's afraid now. All right, that's my response too. When I read this, I'm like, oh my goodness. Uh, the reporter's name is Jacques uh, Poitras. And I, you know, had a good meeting with this guy. He seemed like a decent guy. And I said, come on, you know. I, and, and National Post had done one. So I sent him National Post because they did a phenomenal report. And I says, this is what good reporting looks like. <laughs> and, you know, just, just a little tip for next time to improve yourself. McGill University researcher solicits online pedophile communities for child love research. Okay, uh, aimed at getting insight from child lovers in online pedophile communities. The survey features images of naked children. Where is the RCMP? What is going on here? Why isn't he working with this guy, finding out who all these pedophiles are and arresting them, right? I mean, you know what it is to spare the rod is to spoil the child. Doesn't that go for everybody in society? We have laws, we have prisons for a reason because people belong there. What does our own government say through Corrections Canada about gender diverse offenders with a history of sexual offending? You want to know? They say that examination of the victimology shows that over half were children, 58%, or female, 55%. One third, 33% of the offenses committed had multiple victims. Gender diverse. Hmm. 
That word sounds familiar. Where else are we hearing that word? In the school system, gender diversity. So they know exactly that this creates sexual offenders. So in our schools, they are creating one of two things is coming out of this. And we already see what's happening. Our kids are being abused right in the schools, but it is creating predators or victims or both. So don't say the government doesn't know. And here's another one. Eight um, um, child reports of online sexual luring of Canadian kids up 815% in five years. And so Justin Trudeau is worried about action for Canada on social media. <laughs> right? Can you, critical thinking. Okay, where was it? Russia or Poland or somewhere, a couple of countries? It was Russia. Putin. Sometimes I really like that guy. <laughs> right? <laughs> he's, doing, he's doing some good things and things aren't all as they seem, but he banned all social media from promoting any trans information. Right? And in the meantime, Justin Trudeau is passing bills to ban me. Okay, YouTube doesn't like me, ban me years ago. I don't have a million followers. And, uh, you know, even now, they, I, I got uh, all these taps on the wrist of all my sins with uh, Facebook some months ago and said from now on, you know, you, all of your stuff is going to go down to the bottom. P you know, like people are really going to have to search for you. And they named all the bad things I did that I posted. <laughs> Anyways, badge of honor. All right. And then in 2017, this is why I say the government's known exactly what they're doing. New Statistics Canada report reflects alarming reality of sexual abuse of children. Hmm. I wonder why. Could it be because of this big sexual revolution and everything that uh, Justin Trudeau is promoting? This was a report I did a long time ago. I have to put warnings on my materials. But here I wanted the point, our children can't turn away and neither should we. Take a look. <laughs> right? Do some of you feel this way right now? I feel like that little guy. I felt like this little guy for a while. And it keeps me going. I'm vomiting rainbows. Our kids cannot handle this. Their mental health is declining so rapidly. We should not be sexualizing our kids. Don't tell me these programs aren't sexualizing. It's exactly meant to sexualize. And they say, oh, well, sexual health class. Planned Parenthood is teaching sexual health. So are other uh, radical sex activists. Okay, this is not biblical sexuality that they're training our kids. They're not talking about abstinence. And they're not teaching kids to respect one another to value their own bodies, right, or to value others. And it is the very rapid decline of society. So this is for our men. Reverence for God gives a man deep strength. His children have a place of refuge and security. I want you to absorb those words for a minute, you guys. Like, men, when you love your wives and you, you work on that relationship, that's the best gift you can give your children. But when they have a place of refuge at home, you're telling them this is wrong, you're not being politically correct. You don't give a hoot about what's politically correct. You care more about the truth than hurting somebody else's feelings so your kids can gauge what is right in life. You have an amazing role in your family. In Canada, 51% of Canadians think public school system has gone in the wrong direction. But I think if we're busy in September across Canada handing out Action for Canada's flyers, I can bet you that's probably going to be 95% if not more of parents 
believe that the education has gone wrong. They just don't know. A lot of parents still have no idea, and we're trying to bring awareness. And because the media isn't talking about this, our one-on-one can do so much. You know, a lady came to the uh, event I was at last night, and she told our chapter leader, Heather, her friend was coming to Action for Canada. And her friend was saying to her, this is a cult. You know, it's like, i got to go and check this out. So she comes to this event last night, and God bless her, because it was this small church, but it was like 100 degrees in there. And nobody even left. They stuck it through the whole thing. And I went through, you know, my whole presentation, and she ended up coming up afterwards to Heather, and she says, I get it. She's waking up. We're not a cult. People just need to know, right? They just need to understand. They just need to take the time to listen and not listen to what social media or, you know, the people behind this are saying. We're not haters. We love people so hard that I'm willing to take it in the chin. Uh, and taking it in the chin a lot. So under resources, uh, these are. this is the final, wrapping it up here. Uh, like I said, here's the church resources. If you know pastors, please invite them to come up and sign up to our pastor webinars. Uh, it's phenomenal when, phenomenal when we get together, Dan who I'm going to see tomorrow for the first time in New Brunswick. Dan Vachon is head of the pastors. And then we get him plugged in. We also let him know still what all of their rights and also, you know, some responsibilities that they have. And we provide them information to help them how to address these issues. Uh, this, some of this is still regarding all via COVID. But one of the big things that we're focused on is, as I said, if we're going to now do something about all of this stuff, Action for Canada is not about just educating. we got lots of podcasts scaring the bejeebers out of everybody and being astonished at the information that they're being given. But Action for Canada, I believe, is one of the only organizations in Canada that is tangibly giving effective resources that are actually moving the mountains and having a serious effect. All right, so this is just one of the uh, parent resource page. Great information on there. So we have, uh, last year we started, it was an eight-week course, Youth Leadership and Speaker Program. And if you go down below on this page, this was the first course. And these kids had to give a speech and over the eight weeks practiced. And this, just that cream coming to the top. I am so proud of them. Their speeches are so impressive. They got to pick the topic. We talked about the charter, the constitution. We talked about some of the social issues that were going on. And these kids already knew. There was things, they were so mature. A lot of these kids were homeschooled. And I tell you, the difference in the maturity and the ability to articulate themselves is phenomenal. So then this year, uh, Glynis, uh, amazing, D'Souza, she came on and did five-week courses. In February, I think we started the one to March, and then April to May. And those kids are here. And uh, they've decided, you know, that it would be on uh, something biblical. And I've said to a couple of these kids, I'd be honored if you would write me a speech. Oops, sorry about that. And uh, because they're that good. And it's that exciting. Because these are our future leaders. Who knows where they're going to end up? But we got to invest in them. We have to invest in the future. And that means educating them and instructing them in the right way. All right, so again... We're saying this mass exodus. Down in the States, Alex Newman, love him. He got together with other church leaders and amazing people in the United States, and they created public school exit. Two million kids have exited the public school in the United States. (laughs) 
So for years, I've been encouraging parents to take their kids out and to homeschool them. I know it's becoming, thank God, the new fad too, that a lot of people are saying, get your kids out, right? And this is it. But we don't want to just say that. I homeschooled my son for a little bit. And at first I was like, I have no idea what to do. So I would have loved a page like this where we provide um, information. These are people who have uh, homeschooling associations across Canada. And we have gone and vetted. I'll show you the page in a second. And so I actually went and did deep searches. So I'd put sustainable sustainability. <laughs> and if anything came up, they didn't make the list. Or if there was, you know, wear your mask or get a jab, they didn't make this list. Because we want strong, principled people who are overseeing this, even in the homeschooling divisions. All right, so a little more information on this page. But if you click on the Homeschool Association... Okay, so if you click on here, you'll find the information, and we've done it by province. We've got some pages already built where we're doing some legal information. It differs by province, but we just haven't completed this. If you have information on this that you can add to us, we'd so appreciate it. And then down below there, you may have heard of the HSLDA uh, Homeschool Legal Defense Association. They help pe uh, parents with legal matters uh, because you know that the government doesn't want uh, people homeschooling, and so we want to make sure that everybody's good. We provide some other information, homeschooling tips, etc. So we want to make sure that we're just not saying pull your kids out. Lastly, uh, we created this page because, you know, a lot of other organizations complain because they're not, the mainstream media won't report on them, and we don't have that problem. Uh, CBC and others, you know, and I say, this is free publicity for us, and no bad press, I mean, all bad press is good press as far as Action for Canada is concerned. So we're really pleased about this. This shows the activity and that we're pushing back and uh, making some waves. And the reason this is important is because then people go and look at Action for Canada as they report it in the news. CBC generally doesn't, they're too afraid to state our name generally. And But uh, as the reporter in New Brunswick did, he did say our name and we're happy for that because then people come and see we're not haters. We actually care about the ki kids and we care about the LGBTQ community because they are a sink and ship with the rest of this. That's why they're trying to separate themselves from the trans and the sexual deviants. It's not a good picture. So we'll end on this. Uh, Psalm 1, 1 to 3. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Okay, we're not walking. Action for Canada doesn't walk amongst within our organization with the ungodly. We want to keep our focus on, and God is blessing us and growing up our organization, as you can see. And then I love the one with the lion for a minute. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And that is my prayer as I go along with this, uh, these speaking engagements, is that I could encourage people, be strong and courageous. All right, we are on the winning side. God has made his promises to us. And, uh, you know, united we are stronger. And, you know, we've got to be united in our thoughts as well and our purpose and our vision moving forward. And so I always pray that people have a vision for the mission of what Action for Canada is doing, that it will inspire you and mobilize you within your own communities, and that you all become a part of the nation that says, yes, Lord. So thank you so much for your time and for coming out tonight. Thank you.
everyone. Just to wrap it up here, I hope that you found uh, that second portion of the presentation insightful. And, um, I, and I also hope that when we, sent, when we post it on Rumble tomorrow that you'll share it. Uh, part one will be included in the description if you'll share that as well. We covered a lot of important information last week. So just thank you so much for being with us. Uh, Terenzio, who's our guest next week? I think I already mentioned. It's going to be Kirk Cameron. We're going to be talking about his book and all the controversy down in the States with the libraries and how this man has just been a force for good. He's written a wonderful book for kids, and he's had opportunity to read them in the schools. And we just encourage so many more men to step up and, and uh, you know, be on the front li- lines like Kirk Cameron is. And I, it's also very interesting to know that he has a homeschooling group, Homeschool Awakening. And uh, I think he has six children. Uh, we'll learn more about that next week and how he has homeschooled them and encourages us others to do the same. And so I'm really looking forward to the show with uh, Kirk next week. All right, our Bible verse in closing. I might have mentioned this when I was talking about Kelowna and uh, the actions in the show. So Matthew 18, 6 to 7 says, if anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world because of the things that cause people to stumble. Such things must come, but woe to the person through whom they come. And I love this verse because it is important. We do, Christians aren't, you know, doormats and we're not meant to just love. Love needs to be tough. And in those instances, there are times of righteous anger and we're living in those days and we're right to be angry about what they are teaching our kids in the schools and it's up to us to do something about it. So I just want to encourage you, don't be passive. Don't stick your head in the sand. Get out here on the front line with us. Uh, Sign up for an action for Canada uh, to be one of our chapter leaders or to join a chapter and commit some of your time to help out. All right. Thank you so much. God bless you and God bless Canada.
as a nation have turned our backs on him and we need to get right. So I am just going to thank you so much. I'm going to say God bless you and God bless Canada.